Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you actually glad to be here today? Well, praise God for that. Psalm chapter 50 says this, not on the screen, but it says, The mighty one, God the Lord, has spoken and called the earth. Now listen, from the rising of the sun to its going down, out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God will shine forth. Our God shall come and shall not keep silent. A fire shall devour before him, and it shall be very tempestuous all around him. He shall call to the heavens from above and to the earth that he may judge his people. Gather my saints together to me, those who have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. Do you know when you're praising God out of a pure heart, you're making a sacrifice to him? That's what he said. Let the heavens declare his righteousness, for God himself is a judge. Selah, hear, O my people, and I will speak, O Israel, and I will testify against you. I am God, your God. And I will not, verse 8 says, rebuke you for your sacrifices or your burnt offerings, which are continually before me. This day is the day the Lord made. You know, like you make a cake or maybe you make a mess, the Lord made this day. And we don't ever think about that. We think about God making the earth. We think about him making uh, humanity. We think about the rain and all that. But now think this has nothing to do with this message, but I want you to listen to this. Think about this. This day did not just happen. We are not an evolution group of people here. It didn't just happen. God had to, well, well, he put the earth in motion in order. Yes, he did that. But this day just did not happen. You know, there's an, there was seven days. God created things, six days, and he rested, and then... There was a period of time uh, that happened in between Abraham and David and David and Jesus. And there's a time between Jesus and us. And now there's a time between us and when Jesus will call us home. But there's also coming a time when this earth will be done away with. God had to make this day. And every day. Well, don't, isn't all the days just made and sitting on a shelf? No. Bible says this morning David said it as a morning by morning new mercies I see new mercies that means they're not sitting on a shelf new he, he made a new day he made new mercies for you today and I thank God for that I'm glad to, I'm glad you came today I really am uh, and, and it's good to be here I concur with John Danny it is good to be here and I want to tell you that we are we're about to get into the Word of God, but before we get into the Word of God, uh, I want to just tell you uh, quickly, there's a lot of things in that bulletin you need to pay close attention to. Uh, if you are a plate seller type of person, 
uh, you need to pay attention and, and help out. Be studious. Uh, look, the whole bulletin, study to show yourself approved. How many of you have been since January 1 up until this morning a part of any prayer service we've had, whether it's on a Saturday or during the day? I want you to raise your hand. Hey, nobody, nobody has come to me and said, this was a waste of time. I should have stayed at home. You shouldn't have done this. Nobody's done that. And I would rebuke you if you did and tell you you're a liar. But anyway, nobody feels that way. But I have had so many people edified and encouraged. Y'all want to say amen? Okay. See there? And so this is your opportunity. In fact, from 9 until 9.30 this morning, we played an excerpt of this past Monday's prayer service. And if you are visiting or you don't really understand what I'm talking about, we are in a season of fasting, and we are also uh, joining with uh, uh, thousands of other churches, but uh, we are live streaming uh, with the Church of the Highlands down in um, Birmingham, Alabama. They're on central time, which means when we're here at 7 to 8 watching their service, they're 6 to 7 there. And so... I think we've got it made, to be honest with you. Now, um, the, the people in California, kind of tough. But I will say this, you reap what you sow. So uh, the bottom, bottom, the very bottom line is you're invited to be a part of it. And even after our 21-day uh, stint, we've got several stints. We've got one day, some day, half days, three day, fast, seven day, 10, 21, 40 day. And then some of us fast just periodically throughout the year anyway, whether it's a called fast or not. So, uh, And I, I've already got testimony. So God honors what you do. God can't honor what you don't do. But he can and does and will honor what you do. So 7 to 8. And then after Tuesday, what I was getting at is we're going to start, uh, or we're going to continue Tuesday through Saturday, uh, because uh, Church of the Highlands continues through Saturday. So we'll be on our 7 to 8 schedule all of this week, and then on Saturday we'll be back uh, from 9 uh, or 10 until 11. So if you can make it, do everything you can. If you say, well, I have to be at work at 745, it takes me 15 minutes, you can come for 15 minutes. Uh, Angie comes for about 20 minutes. Wanda comes till she has to go. And, and God blesses them for doing that and... Uh, They've testified to that. This morning, we're going to pray again before we read this book right here. Because what we're going to do right this minute, we're going to talk about um, a subject today that has literally, it, it hadn't ran its course because it's not through. But I'm going to make a reference today to something that everybody in here has been affected by. And you probably even have a personal story right now you can talk about. And that is the, the condition of cancer. We just received another. Before I even do that, how many of you directly or indirectly through a friend or a relative have been affected by that disease? I want you to raise your hand. I, I, everybody in here, every, I, I knew everybody had. You, you, 
if it's not you yourself, it's a family member, a loved one, a co-worker, a classmate. Uh, everybody has been affected by that. About the middle of last year, God impressed me to, to start praying. Now, you got to stay with me today. So are you all going to stay with me? All right. I mean, just hold on. Stay with me. But God impressed me for us to pray, not, not the physical building itself, but this location, this property, would become a cancer-free zone. And what that means or meant and means today is that when people, we would get to a place to where God would be so revered, reverent, honored, glorified, praised, worshiped, and longed for that his presence would not only come and be here on the property, that before a message or a song or, or anything would take place, that a person that is suffering with cancer would literally just be able to drive up the, on the property or even walk in the front door and just the presence of God, the miracle working power of God would just consume that disease and it would be gone. No glory for me or you, multitudes or our building, but it's just, well, Opie, is that biblical? Can, can God do that? Absolutely. Let me ask you this. It's just me, so I got plenty of time today, so just hold on, okay? I got plenty. I ain't got nothing else I got to do, so I, it's just me and you. But somebody is going to, hallelujah, somebody's life is going to be changed and affected forever after this service today. Been confirmed, man. It's been confirmed. So, I've been praying about that, and I've mentioned that to you before. Some of you may remember me praying for a cancer-free property, cancer-free building. And, and, and if, if you're new or new to the faith or you don't understand a lot about what happens, and all, listen, just listen. God goes and God does whatever he can do wherever people welcome him and want it done. Well, Opie, everybody wants to be healed. Of, uh, nobody wants cancer. I understand that. But listen to me. Not everybody that gets up every day wants to work hard and make the most of their life and the most of the day and the most of breath. You have to get up and bust a move. Amen? And I don't, I'm not being ugly to you today. I'm, I'm being as honest, and that, that's not meant to be ugly. But what I'm telling you is I'm just going to use some plain Jane. If your name's Jane, I'm not picking on you, okay? I'm using just some plain, ordinary scripture to you that most of you, if not everybody, is familiar with. One being, is there anything too hard for God? Another one being, all, all things are possible. Here's the condition, though. Like I said, everybody don't want to get up every day. All things are possible to those who do what? Believe. Hallelujah. Now, 
My family has been affected by cancer so much. The church I pastor has been affected by cancer so much. And it's a horrible, horrible, horrible disease. And, and, and let me tell you something. The reason this is just so strong on me is because I, I wasn't thinking about this three weeks ago. I wasn't even thinking about this two weeks ago. But God, early last week, again, laid this, this deal of cancer on my heart. And during the fast, it's when he stirred that back up in me and reminded me of what he laid on my heart to, to begin praying for last year. And I'm praying for it harder during the fast than I am at any time of the year. Because God has done great things just in 20 years we've been together in the fast. Amen? Yes, he has, and I give him all the glory. But let me, let me tell you a couple of things about cancer. And I, I, this is not me, okay? So I'm just a guy by the name of Stanford Morrell actually wrote this. This is kind of off his blog, an older gentleman, but he says, Cancer is a sickness. Sin is a spiritual sickness. Matthew 9, 12, but when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, They that behold need not a, a physician, but they that are sick. Cancer is a hidden disease that finally becomes visible. But now sin is a spiritual disease that manifests itself outward in attitudes and actions. Romans 7 and 9 says, For I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. And the commandment which was ordained to life, I found to be unto death. Cancer, and everybody in here agrees with this next one. Cancer is a frightening word, amen? Sin should be a frightening yet terrifying word as it reflects not only the disease of the soul, but the state of the same. Cancer is also a vile disease as it robs the body of strength, and we've all seen that. Sin robs the soul of moral strength while polluting the body. I'm going to save that one because i got to preach that one, okay? Cancer affects not just the person who has it, but those uh, who they love uh, and th that are connected with the dreaded disease. Sin reaches out to not only uh, self, but others as well in a negative way. Cancer robs life of essential joy, meaning it robs the body of beauty and health. Sin causes the soul to flee from fellowship with God and hide its shame with a view toward the destruction of the body. The law of entropy is in effect. Cancer is rightly hated when its very name is announced. Sin should be hated, though love and kindness is to be reserved for the sinner. Those with cancer are and should be sympathetic to others with the, direct, with the same dreaded disease. Those who know sin as a plague of all plagues should be long-suffering toward others who have the disease. A person can have cancer for a long time without realizing it. Sin deceives its victims too as Eve was deceived in the garden and as David deceived Uriah the Hittite concerning the evil intent of his heart toward him in the plotting of murder. One day, if God is gracious, there will be a final cure 
for all forms of cancer. Because God is gracious, there is a final cure for every known sin, even the blood of Jesus Christ. Isaiah 1.18 says, Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be white as wool. Now, the Lord just checked me because he reminded me I've got to pray against the power of Satan this morning. I don't want to scare you. This is not going to be one of them Halloween-y, gooey-gooey services, okay? Don't be freaking out on me. But what I'm about to tell you over the next few minutes, there's two things that you need to be aware of today that Satan completely, he despises and he detests it. One of them being he hates the praises of God. He cannot stand it. Because if you are wholeheartedly praising God in spirit and in truth, you are ignoring him or something of his. The other thing that Satan hates equally, he hates to be exposed. So this morning, this is a way of glorifying God along with what we've already sang and done because we're, we're, we're looking into the scriptures. But this is equally a way of exposing Satan and just letting you know that he's always roaming to and fro, seeking whom he may infect. So he's going to oppose every word out of my mouth right now. He's going to maybe even call something to try to break or be distracting in here. He's going to call somebody to maybe play with or wrestle with a bulletin or, or something on your mind or your phone mysteriously goes off. I'm just telling you, do not be ignorant of his devices this morning. Because there's one thing that he does not want you to hear, and that's what I'm going to tell you or the Lord's going to tell you through these scriptures this morning. So you've got to guard against him, and we do that. So I have prepared myself in prayer, and I have prayed every chair you are sitting on in this sanctuary has been anointed this morning. I'm not playing any game whatsoever because the trumpet is soon to sound. We cannot do business as usual, and we cannot come into a cute, little, nice, predictable, well-packaged church service. We need to hear from God, and we need God to move, and we need people to move in response of God's moving. So let's pray. Father in heaven. We know that your word is the only thing that will last forever. Heaven and earth will pass away, but not your words. So, God, I pray in the name of Jesus, I come against Satan and every distractive spirit that he may release, every thought that he may try to preoccupy other people with. I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, over every corner of this property, the interior of this building, Lord, everything is dedicated to you. I anoint myself, God, and I pray over every ear, every heart, God, every thought, everything right now that's not on your word and what we're about to look at together. I pray people would bring it down right now into the obedience of Christ. 
And God, I pray that we would understand this may very well be the last sermon we ever hear before the trumpet sounds. So God, I pray you're glorified in everything, Lord, that you do. We're going to give you praise. I want to say that before I go any farther, again, if you're maybe just now logging on, that I'm, I pray for God to help me be so sensitive because everybody that's already raised your hand, everybody in the building, is affected by this disease. So I'm not minimizing this disease. But since everybody pretty much raised your hand, you can make the direct correlation between the cancer that humanity has been stricken with and is fighting with, is living with, and die with, and that of sin from hell. Because you see, the Bible says this. Not everybody in here, it doesn't say, not everybody in here does not have cancer. We've had so many people who have, have gone through the treatment, worshiping with us today. I'm not going to go down the list. But we've, we've had a lot of people that are here today because they received treatment. But not all of us have gone through that. But every single one of you inside of this place today, the sale of sin, cancer itself, has invaded your body when you took your first breath. And let me tell you about that. When it invaded your body, it, 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 may, it maybe didn't start off as a great mass. A great, and by the way, I already know right now, I didn't even give Derek half of these notes today. And I don't even feel good about the first half that I give him. Because I don't know how far I'm going to get. But I'm going to get as far as the Holy Spirit lets me and allows me to get. But every person in here, when you were born, you took your first breath. And you were born into sin. There is none righteous, no, not one. So you can't do good enough, be good enough, stay good enough. You can't even, as a believer, work good and hard enough to stay saved. It's a gift that you receive, and when you open it, you hold it tight, you clutch it, and you do everything because you love it that much. You don't just open it and set it to the side. A lot of people do. A lot of people are struggling even right now. It's a gift. You hold it for dear life. And so we were all born into sin. And when it came in, those little precious bodies, it was a speck. In fact, we have a picture of what a, a, a real cancer cell looks like. And, and when you see what cancer looks like and you, you think about your soul, the soul that defines you and the soul that will, will be in a destination either of great rejoicing or of ongoing torment, when you, a torment one day. When, when you think about your soul and, and the cell of sin invading your body, it didn't come as a big tumor that was obvious and all that. It didn't do it that way. It started out small. And then over time, and the thing that's different than, than humanity's cancer is that our surroundings can affect that cell. 
our choices can affect that. So, well, that happens with, 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 if we, make, we get around sick people if, we, if, if we've got some sort of cancer on this earth. Yes, I understand that. But as a whole, everything you do, and, every, and it's going to take me a minute to get where we're going, but we're talking about a subject here that Satan has been successful with even in the life of Christians and churchgoers. Because he's, and I'm going to probably bounce all over the place, and I can't help it today. But he's been able to come in and tell us that once we've repented of our sins, that you could just go on living life as normal, usual, and you're, you're not infected anymore. And the last thing he wants you to see is that report from that doctor that you just went to go see in church a week ago and he opened up the word or whether it was during your devotion time and the Holy Spirit convicted you and you said that's not right I haven't been doing right so he's been good uh, to camouflage that I want to read something to you before we really get started out of John's gospel the Bible says that John saw Jesus walking and this is the good news. And he, he, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away, and you see it, the sin of the world. The whole world has some sort of physical cancer that we know of in, in every part. There's not a race. There's not a continent. There's not a country. There's nowhere that somebody doesn't have some type of cancer. But the whole world has the cancer of sin. Every person breathing, every child, every adult, every person that's wealthy, every person that's broke, every person that's knowledgeable, and the person that's never had one day of formal training in their life. Every person has been marked by sin everywhere. But the good news is, while there is not a cure for most of all of the cancers that we know of, a lot of them, there's treatment and all that, and people, you know, we praise God, are healed and become cancer-free and radiation and chemotherapy and all that addresses a lot of it. But the good news is, for the cancer of sin, Jesus Christ is the remedy that has taken away and has the ability to wash away the cancer of all of your soul. When you get saved, you understand this. You understand that it's, he takes away my sin. But as you begin your journey as a believer, something happens, church. We... We fail a lot of times at prayer, number one. And then we, 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 prayer at simp we, we fail at simple truths, rather. We, we, we fail at not only prayer, we fail at devotion, Bible reading, church involvement, being a part of the body of Christ, a life group, a small group, some, or, or, or just saying, God, what do you want me to do at work today or at school today or in my home or that's going to make a difference for you and not cause everybody just to look at me. That's not what my life is about. My life is to be a mirror that when people look at it, they see a cross. And that's, that's what our prayer is supposed to be. And somewhere along the lines, once we get saved, we kind of, we kind of get preoccupied. And, and a lot of times we fall back into our old ways. And we pick up things 
we start playing with things and we look at things and then we set them down and we pick them up and we forget that we no longer have those rights and options anymore because we don't belong to flesh. We don't belong to the earth anymore. We don't belong to ourselves. We belong to a God that sent his son that can take away the sin cancer that I have. And it's not just four or five. See, there, there, there are some uh, medicines and treatments that can completely do away with some cancers, but not all cancers. But praise be to God, there is a Jesus that can take care of every type of sin known to man. One cure, one remedy, and his name is called Jesus. And this is, this is the danger other than sin itself. There, in the New Testament, there is about three different definitions. Two of them are almost the same, but there's a definition for the word sin. If you want to try to say hamartia, if you, you want to, if that'll do something for you, say it. I'm just telling you that's the Greek word for sin in the most, uh, the majority of the New Testament. But I want you to look at that definition for a minute. Most of the time, out of about close to 300, I believe, times, about uh, 200, over 200 times, <coughs> when you read the word sin in the New Testament, it means to be without a mark. I mean, to be without a share in. How many of you see where he's going today he's going from my arm to my mouth to my throat but <coughs> I don't care as long as you will sit here and tolerate it I'm going to get it out alright so I, I'm telling you he should have started prior to 4 a.m. this morning everybody in here I don't know if you have stock or whatever uh, so, so maybe you don't okay if you don't have you, you don't understand that Thank you, babe. I got three, but since that come from you, Heather, it might have some better stuff in it than mine. And I appreciate it. Um, I want you to know this. Somebody tell me what I was just saying. Stop. I really did for lose my train of thought, but what just happened, you just edified me. And excited me because it told me you were listening. And if I was able, I'd do a holy cartwheel right now. Anyway. And that don't normally happen. I don't know. If, if you don't have stock or you haven't had stock before, check this out. You remember when you were growing up and two or three of you got into a mess? And um, you get, um, oh, can, I, can I be redneck for a minute? Uh, or just Scotland County for a minute? And you got your tail tore up when you got home. <laughs> y'all, now, now, do y'all know where I'm coming from when I say that? Okay. And you got it. And mama was going around the house. And after the first one got beat, the second one got beat, you're hiding in a corner behind a door. Mama, 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 get over here. You had a share in it too. So you might not have a, a financial share in something, but everybody in here, you, 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 you've had a share in something. When you sin, are you listening to me? When you commit sin and you live a life 
that endorses and condones sin, this is one of the major sacrifices. And I don't care what you hear anywhere. You lose your share in what God could be doing in your life. At that moment, I don't, well, God will, no, he will not overlook it. Hey, I know somebody famous said, but somebody not so famous has said, read my lips. The eyes of the Lord are on everybody it, all over this earth at all times. The Lord is, he, he's always watching out to and fro, back and forth, morning and night. God's always looking. He never takes his eye off of me. If he loves the sparrow, I know he loves me. When you, when you sin, what the Bible is telling us is that at that moment, it's, with, it's without a share. You, you, you are disqualifying. You're, you are losing your, and see, a lot of people, if you're not careful, the devil's going to say, well, you're losing your salvation. All that. That's not what I'm telling you right now. I'm not telling you that. I'm telling God is always a giving God. Now, I, now I'm going to really sound TV. God help me to get this out. There's so much in me right now, y'all. I, I, I'm, I'm having to like cherry pick, okay? So this is why it just seems like it does today. It, it's not a memorized, put together message that I'm going to tell you every word. I, I, I'm just going what the Spirit of the Lord is leading on me right now. So this is where we are right this second. I don't know where we'll be five minutes from now. But every day when you wake up morning by morning, new mercies I see, unlike what you believe or what the world tells us, even the church, God is always wanting to give his people something. It's not always money. God is a God, if, if, he, if he uses terms, like I said a week ago, open up the window, that, we know he's, like, no, he's not a dime store thinking God. He's more like a distribution center thinking God. He wants to truckload you. You know, if you go to a, a truckload, a, a, a warehouse, a distribution center, all you see there, you, you don't see one of them little uh, electric cars that's about the size of a baby's shoe. Now, I don't mean Madison and Linda's or anybody else's in there, but I mean them little ones. I don't even know how they got a seat in the booger. I don't mean that. You don't see one of them pull up to a warehouse. What you see, you see truck after truck after truck after truck. This is what God really wants to do for his people because he needs them to be doing great and mighty things like Jesus said for him on a daily basis. But we've got to get into a place where God can turn the distribution mode on instead of the dime store mode. And this happens when you entertain and you like sin because people like you, when you give in to certain sins, then at that moment you get out of distribution mode in the eyes of God and you are without a share. You're reading it for yourself, church. That's the Greek word. I didn't make it up. I wasn't here when that was going on, if you know what I mean. It also means something else. When I am giving in to sin, when I overlook the sale of sin, it's just a small sin. I'm also, at that time in my life, I'm missing the mark. Paul said, that's not what I'm going to do. I'm going to hit the mark. I'm running the race because 
I know this is what God opened my eyes for when he slapped me on the Damascus road with the light. I am here to hit the mark and to hit the mark every day of my life. So I can't be playing around with my old self called sin. I've got to live devoted for me to live as Christ and to die as gain. That's the attitude i got to have because I don't want to miss the mark. What is the mark? The mark might mean, well, God might, maybe he would unload a, a fat check tomorrow to you. But maybe God would give you favor where you work at or at your school above all your peers that you never could buy or talk anybody out of and get for yourself. And all that happened was you missed the mark because of sin. And see, because you don't detect it, and you just, well, that ain't really, that ain't really cancer. That's just, that, that's not really sin in my life, Opie. That's just, you don't, you don't see things the way I see it. I see the things the way the Bible says for me to see them. And I'm always, guess what? I'm going to give you a, a, a new word. I'm always repenting. Because every day I want, uh, what are you doing wrong? Well, a lot of things, I don't always think the way I should. I don't think like a Jesus follower. I don't always talk like a Jesus follower. I don't always make decisions that glorify Christ. I don't always put Christ first. Sometimes it's inconvenient for me. And at that moment, James said to him that knoweth to do good, doeth it not, it is sin. At that moment, I'm disqualifying myself, and I'm, I'm just losing out on a share that day, and I'm missing the mark. Satan didn't want any person in here to hear any, any of this today. He'd rather for you to ignore it. And you know what happens when we ignore what's going on? Short story real quick. I'm going to just give you, a, a, instead of me or anybody, I'm going to give you a David uh, example. All of you know David, out of all of his brothers, David was raised up by God and anointed by the prophet. And he said, you're the one. You know all the great things he did, the lion, the bear. The giant, y'all know the giant's name, don't you? What is it? Oh, you do know it. Oh, praise God. Okay. Same David, same giant, same Goliath. He did all those things. But there was a sale. Are y'all ready for this word? He was king now. He had it. He had it all. Rich, famous, mighty warrior. But... He missed an appointment somewhere. This is why you need to be in God's house. You need to be on your knees. You need to worship God every day of your life. He missed an appointment somewhere. I don't care how much oil Samuel put on him. I don't care how many uh, bears, lions, uh, enemies he's defeated. He missed his appointment one day. When you miss your appointment, when, when you just miss out on what God's doing and what God's wanting to do in your life, whether it's your devotion time every morning at your house, he, David missed an appointment, and by him missing that appointment, a cancer cell of lust got inside of him. But ain't nothing wrong with it. If you didn't long, well, there was something wrong with it. You know, as long as you look, no, 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 no. We're not reading the same Bible. We're not talking about you, you. That's your Jesus version. Jesus said, law says, you know, don't commit adultery. I'm telling you, the Lord was hardcore, y'all. He said, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if you even as much as look with lust, you already committed it in your heart, whether she'd give you the time of day or not. 
See, Jesus didn't play games and beat around the bush. And that's what happened. David had that one, that, that cell got in there some kind of way. He must have spent some time not playing his harp, worshiping God, dancing before the Lord like he would praise and worship God. And that cell of cancer got inside of him. Well, he saw a lady by the name of who? Bathsheba. I didn't know we were going to have Bible class today, but I love this. He, he was on his terrace, and he was looking down. And from his vantage point, he saw a woman that was a fox. If you're under 40 years of old age, that's a good-looking woman. That's a good-looking woman. He saw a good-looking, beautiful woman, long, beautiful hair, bathing in the moonlight. So now it's not a sale. And this might be as far as we get. Now it's starting to turn into a tumor. All right? It started out when he looked, it went from a sail to a golf ball. Then it went on this next thing he decided to do. See, he, 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 he could have captured that thought, that vain imagination, and he could have brought it into the obedience of Almighty God. But he didn't do it. See, he could, have, he could have received treatment for that cancer cell right then. He could have made a sacrifice. He could have worshipped God. Boom, and it's done with. He didn't do it. So now we've got a golf ball size. He calls for her to come up to his place. <coughs> she, because he's the king, everybody obeyed the king. Uh, he called her up there and said, uh, don't take this the wrong way, but you really need to put a shower curtain up. No, he didn't do that. He called her up there, and now that cancer sale of lust has gone from a golf ball, from looking and getting in his heart, to calling for her, and now we have a cantaloupe in there. He has relations with the woman. Adults, do you know what I'm talking about? Thank you. Don't let, don't let me have to go there. My word. Okay. And then she gets pregnant. Now we've got a cantaloupe that is starting to get like the size of a small seedless watermelon. He tries to cover it up, calls for her husband, cliff notes here, has him put on the front line so that he will be killed. And now we've got the full watermelon in there. So he's gone from lust to fornication, adultery, child out of wedlock, murder. Now the baby dies. And, well, that, that was bad. No, it ain't over with, you see. Because, see, he had a share that he gave up. He gave up when he gave in. And when you give in, church, you don't even know what. Because I'm, I'm going I'm to have to make this very short. But it didn't stop there, you see. Because after that, he had a son that slept with a half-sister. And then he treated her wrong. So that's all kind of whacked up sisters, wives type stuff. Uh, 
and then a brother gets mad, rightfully so, because his brother raped his sister. He waits three years, and then he kills his brother. And then that brother gets it in his heart, Absalom, that he wants the throne. And so he starts chasing his daddy, David, and he has to live on the run, all because of a sale, church. Lives on the run, and then he makes himself king, and, 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 and David kind of squirmishes and, and gets down, and, and, and just he loses it all before he gains his dignity back. And I'm, I'm just putting it, I'm sandwiching it now. But I'm telling you that that one little old sale that could have been dealt with was not dealt with. And a lot of us in this building, online, a lot of us online right now, we have sin that we have, we have condoned and we've said there's nothing wrong with it. Everybody has it. Everybody's doing it. And I'm going to tell you that I don't care if the whole world condones it and says it's okay. If the Bible says it's a sin, it's a sin, and you will suffer in hell for it all of eternity if you are not healed. And I'm telling you that. Jesus paid the price so that all cancer could be done away. Not just the cancer that you don't like. Because my Lord and Savior detests all sin or He would not have died for all of it. Jesus was willing to do this. Jesus was willing to suffer so that we could be healed from sin. And you say, well, healed from it? Yes. We were scarred. We've been identified. All of us, at some point in our life, you've been identified by a sin or sins that you have done. God sent Jesus because he knew that we, we needed a once and for all remedy that would take care of all of it. And God loved me and you enough that he had this distribution mentality in mind so that you wouldn't have to live your life every day missing the mark and losing your share time after time. And this is why I thank you, God, that this church, I'm praying that we do whatever to get rid of the sin in all of our lives so the distribution of a cancer-free zone can be established before Jesus comes back. And I'm just going to tell you this. All of, all of us in here have probably heard of cancer treatment centers. And, I, and I'm going to have to, I don't even know where I'm at, Derek, but in a minute I'm going to have to just close. Because we, we got to bear down and pray today. We've really got to touch heaven. And we've got to allow heaven to touch us. We've got to let the word of God touch us today. We can't just be hearers of the word today. We've got to do something today. All of you probably heard Cancer Treatment Centers of America. I think there's five locations. They do, they do good work. They do. They help a lot of people out. And, and, and I, I give them credit. I give them credit for that and that work. But I, I want to talk about the heart of God before we go into a time of prayer. Because all, all of you in here know for a fact that when Jesus left, he left. Vivid instructions for you and I to work while it is day, night is coming, occupy till I come, 
five foolish virgins. Virgins. I did this a week ago. I said virgins again. It's versions of virgins. Trimmed their lamp. One woman swept till she found it. Didn't stop. One father waited until the prodigal son. We could keep going. But maybe you get the point. The Lord made it clear, folks, what he desires from my life while I am living. And, and what he desires from my life and your life and the life of every church that is a Bible-believing, Christ-centered church. He, he desires for every Christian, every church, to become a cancer treatment center this is why I cannot long I, I no longer and I, and I haven't but I, I've got to be even more mindful I can't play around with preaching the truth to you there are people that are plagued with cancer cells that are growing all the time when when we don't pray for each other when we preach certain parts of the Bible but we ignore other parts of the Bible when we say, well, I hadn't seen God do this or heard a praise report of him healing cancer or opening eyes or doing it in a long time. And so we just don't even believe God. That's when we're going back to the dime store mentality. And Satan's good with that. Satan wants you to think God doesn't address things anymore. God can't respond through miracles and rescue people. That, that cancer is really not as bad. Sin's not really as bad as you think. And let me tell you something. And I, I'm going to hit on this Wednesday night because I've got to finish Wednesday night. But listen, in our preaching and in our reaching and in our praying, we've got to realize this is how this church is going to become a cancer center treatment. And I don't mean uh, one of physical. When people come in, I want people to feel love, number one. I really do. And I, don't, I think that goes without saying. But I, I want people to also feel the need, and it may not even be through my message or the, the sermon that I'm delivering. It may be through just being in here and reading something on the screen or worship. I want people to feel the convicting power of God so that they can be healed of sin cancer and get out here and live a life of distribution and have shares in what God's got for them to have a share in. What it looks like on the surface in heaven is you got a lot of people called Christians and they're walking around and they don't have a share in anything. We don't have a share in discernment. We don't have a share in victory. We don't have a share in healing. We don't have a share in God opening new doors, God blazing new trails, God giving us new 30,000 people. We don't have a share in anything. It's because we've denied and looked past whatever cell of sin that we want to hang on to and we've told ourselves it's okay. It's not okay. It's costing you more than you would ever imagine, and it's costing somebody else. Just like cancer affects the family members and all that, our sin affects everybody else. It robs people of what I could be helping them with. It also sometimes, my bad habits jump off on you just like cancer affects other people my sin and the lack of me living for Jesus it affects everybody else in one way or another and God says this 
You know, a lot of people, they get to a certain place in their life where they say, well, it's, it's just too late. And I, and I can understand this because I done told you for me to live as Christ and die as gain. But listen to this. I can understand wanting to go home. But a lot of people say, no, I'm not going to take any, any treatment. And I, and I do understand, especially when it makes you sick and all that. I'm just going to. I'm just going to trust God, or I'm going to spend the rest of time in quality time with my family. I'm going to do this. But I'm going to tell you, the cancer sin, treatment is not optional. You cannot stand before a holy God with that disease plaguing your life. And I'm going to say something that's May, it, it may be difficult for some of you, but I pray in Jesus' name. Listen, we have made the word grace into a rubber band. You know what we do with it? In fact, this week, I think Nikki had ordered and gotten, uh, there's a certain size of rubber bands that has to fit around the plate. The plate cell. Y'all know the plate cell. I've mentioned that to you. Yeah. Plate cell that you can work at and donate to? Yeah, that one. Yeah. There's a certain size rubber band that it takes to fit around that plate to hold it properly. And what a lot of Christians have done, Christians have, tr have treated the word grace like it's a rubber band. They just stretch it to fit around whatever they're doing. Whatever, whatever cell that they just don't want to part with. They just take it and they just make it wider where, where it takes care of that. You are very frustrating to God when you do that. Seeing he's always having flashbacks of how much pain his son endured on a cross for you. Just imagine, it's like somebody spitting in your face. He died so you could get freedom from that mess. And you, and, and you just want to condone it and stretch it and make it okay? No, no ma'am, no sir. God wants you to know whom the sun sets free is supposed to be free indeed. And you can let other people tell you that this, just put the rubber band on it. It's okay, you're covered, you know, grace looks past all that. No, 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 not that Bible. No, no, maybe your version, the me translation, whatever you, whatever you got. It might tell you that. Maybe you broke the first commandment. You created a God. Graven image. And, and that's the one you're, you're, you're talking to and you're living by. But listen to me. When you entertain sin, at that moment in your life, you are denying God. When you knowingly, the Spirit's dealt with you. The Word's dealt with you. And I'm going to say this. In a lot of cases, just plain common sense has dealt with you, which I call rare sense because it's not common anymore. You can't find it. Just plain old rare sense tells you that's wrong and you can't put a rubber band. You know that's wrong, but you still refuse to let go of it. You, you try to... to uh, Make it where it's okay and you, the ends justify the means. But God has said you can do that, but for every, even, even every idle word you say, you're going to give an account. 
and your rubber bands will be dry rotted by then, friend. Won't fit around nothing. So today is the day of salvation. And before you move, I, I want you to know this. There's somebody this week that needs for you to understand your Relay for Life mission. You follow me? Every September, great fellowship, lots of money, a lot of hard work goes into that, and many of us have been a part of that. But on a spiritual note, Paul said, I press toward the prize. I press. I'm running a race. I'm finishing my race. I'm going to finish my course. See, when you get saved and you deal with that cancer of sin, this is what's supposed to happen. You're supposed to understand, I'm, I'm in a race. I'm not in a sitting contest. I'm not in a resting contest. I'm not in a yawning contest. I am in a race. I'm, I'm, I'm relaying. And I got a relay because there's other cancer patients out here. And I'm relaying for their life now. I'm relaying because I've got to get the message to them. I'm relaying because I want them to have this cancer in their life cleansed and removed once and for all. I want the treatment of Calvary to get a hold of them once and for all. So I, I've got to keep running. And there's somebody you are attached to in this building that needs for you to start relaying for them. And they may not, it, it, it may have gone undetected. They don't realize that. And the, no, the first thing you don't do is go point a finger at them. A lot of times, a, this can be addressed just by praying for people and you living like Jesus in front of them. And God will anoint that effort on your part and cause people to examine their own ways. See, we grew up in an era where it was your calling to point out people's problems. Does anybody know what I mean? If you didn't know what was wrong with you, all you had to do was be dressed and go to church and get there by 10 o'clock. Amen. Women, if you didn't have your hair piled high enough, you were in the driver's seat on the way to hell. If your dress, well, I ain't even going to go any further than that. You don't have to do that, church. And I'm not against that. I'm not against dresses, beautiful hair. I love it all. I do. I love it. Do you hear me? But it is not where my salvation is. Amen? What does bald people do if that's where their salvation is? Too bad, buddy. You should have got some Rogaine in your bottle or something. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not throwing off on that, but I'm telling you, you can live a life that God can anoint, okay? And people can see that light, Matthew 5, 16, Caitlin's favorite verse. That, you can see the light, and people want that because really, church, I'm closing for real, for real now. People are living humdrum. I don't care what the, I don't care what the selfie looks like. I'm telling you behind all that. 
People are miserable. They're lonely. They're depressed. They feel like they don't have any. Can I get an amen for some of you that will be real right now before I pray? People need Jesus. And if we can introduce people to Jesus, he will help them with their condition of cancer they may not even know about. And then they can have a distribution life. Stand up. Now, this is what I want to do. There was a time in ministry when I used to beg and plead. I think if I've grown up in the Lord, it's time for everybody else to grow up in the Lord. So here, here's, here's your sign. The altar's open. Okay? And then, I, then I'll finish. The altar's open. And if you feel like, well, Opie, I, I heard all that. And I believe everything you're saying. But man, I, I don't I don't know of one thing. Now look, this really goes on while you're moving. Listen to me. This really happens. People don't verbalize this. But buddy, don't you think? Self-righteousness is not one of the biggest, 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 I mean one of the biggest cancer problems in America. And I'm gonna say America, that's where we live at. I don't really know of anything. I mean, well, I'm, let me help you out. Y'all ready for me to help you out? If you, <laughs> well, I got a friend like that, Opie. Okay, here, here's what you tell your friend. We're gonna do what David did. All right. I, let's just let's just pray about that and say, God, search me. Search me, Lord. I don't feel like there's anything. I don't feel like I got any but kind of cancer stuff going on. You know, I'm saved. I pay my tithes. I come when I can. I uh, serve. I've even, you know, thought about helping with the plate sale. I, I don't really know of anything, God. Man, you know what? You need to be preaching, not me. You really do. You know how many times I've missed, missed it this week? I, I don't even know. I don't even know if I would throw a number at you. But every time I pray that prayer, God, search me and show me. He don't have he, he obliged people with. Here you go. You know, this week when you were too busy to really pray for that person because you had to get somewhere that didn't really matter. Uh, you missed the mark, Opie. I, 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 I needed to touch them right then because what you don't know is they went home and took about seven pills. I'm talking to you and I am not kidding. God, on a regular basis, I knew this week I should have done a certain thing God laid on my heart, but I don't care if you call it fear or, or, or whatever. I missed the mark. I just missed the mark. And see, every time you miss the mark, it doesn't matter what you do after that. You, you miss that mark. That mark you miss. Don't mean you can't do good tomorrow and not miss tomorrow's mark. I missed that mark. And see, that might have been the Sunday you came in here, but I was jacked up. We had stuff going on, and I was trying to fix stuff, play something, figure out something. And I really didn't have time to talk to you. I missed that mark, but you come here, you were broken, you were beaten, you didn't know what to do. 
And if I would have just prayed with you, man, it probably would have made all of their, I missed that mark, see. And, and now you, do y'all follow me? I'm, I mean, I'm about exampled out almost. You'll say yes, sir, get me to shut up, won't you? Yeah, we got it up here. Yeah, that's it, man. I know that thing's bad, ain't it? Woo-hoo. How about them bears? Yeah. Hey, this is what we've got to, this is what we've got to do. We've got to say, God, I need you to search me. Lord, I need to go into a CT scan right now. And just show me, God. Is it my attitude? Do I have a rebellious spirit every time I come to church? Am I a person that always tries to find something wrong with something? Am I of a negative mindset? Do I always want to bring up what's wrong? God, that's a sale in there that I won't admit that's a sale. And don't, don't, if that's you or watching online, that's not camouflaged by your opinion, okay? God, heal me. God, heal me. I'm at this altar today. Lord, show me where you brought me from and where I could have been. Remind me. Remind me, dear Lord. And that is an old school song. God, show me what I need to do. Show me, God, because I I don't want to miss it no more. I don't know what's on the line, but even more than what's on the line, I don't know who's on the line, that you might have me relaying for their life. You're sending me to work tomorrow. You're sending me to school tomorrow. And it might just be to catch the baton. And that's what we've got to do at this church. We've got to realize we get people say we've got to get them in. We want to get them plugged in, grow track, small group. We, 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 we want to get people involved in something because we're relaying. We're trying to get them. They've been marked by cancer. So let's pray. If you are a sinner, it doesn't matter if you're at this altar or not. I wish you would come, but that's between you and the Lord right this minute. Father, search me and show me. Show me, oh God, what I have and what's going on in my life. God, I want my lips to be holy and anointed. I want my mind to be. God, I, I want my speech to be seasoned with grace. Lord, I want to be a person that my reputation is I'm always talking about what's right with Jesus instead of what's wrong with people and things. Father, help me to realize today any sin that I overlook or I grasp or I hold on to, I'm losing my share, Lord. My share in something, God, is being sacrificed. God, help me to Help me to have an athletic mind, a spiritually athletic mind that I, I, I don't want to miss my mark. I want to hit the bullseye. God, we have a lot of hunters in here and a lot of people familiar with this. God, but it, when, when people fail to miss their mark hunting, Lord, a lot of people starve in some countries because they miss the mark. God, we've got to be mindful that you paid so that we could have this distribution type of lifestyle. Doesn't mean we won't have problems, but we'll have more joy than our problems are able to get victory over with us. If you are a sinner, 
The Word of God's exposed today that you need to let God heal you. You don't realize, but you're hurting. You're a sick person inside. Satan has infected you with something that God did not intend for you to have. And it's called a life of sin. And it won't stay small. That's the bad news. It never stays small. Because it's not happy if it's not attacking your body. God, I pray that you would forgive me of my sins. I pray that you would help me, Lord, to know that you died so I could live. You died so that I could be set free. And I pray in the name of Jesus that you would forgive me, wash me whiter than snow. I don't want any type of infectious disease inside of me, Lord. I don't want anything. I don't want to just listen to any kind of music. I don't want to read just any kind of literature. I, I don't want to talk about just anything. I don't want to watch just random stuff on TV, Lord. I, God, I want to use everything about this temple, Lord, that can cause it to grow. God, I pray this church becomes a church where the physical disease of cancer Lord, dissolves from the time somebody pulls into the parking lot. Lord, when they walk in this church, God, I don't care what if it's stage four, one stage, two stage, three stage. God, it doesn't matter. I pray, God, in the name of Jesus, that oncologists, Lord, and technicians everywhere, people that, that run tests on blood will begin to scratch their heads and, and, and question and wonder what's wrong if equipment's broken. No, equipment's not broken, but God is making all things new and God is working even when we don't see Him working because He is that way maker we sing about. And God, and in the name of Jesus, God, we don't pray this because our bodies are going to die one day. Any, but God, all of this we pray so that you can be glorified. And God, we don't need any attention brought to multitudes or anybody in here. But God, we pray that you would honor this prayer, this plea, God, you've laid on my heart. Because God, many, many people, Lord, God will benefit from salvation that comes from this physical healing, Lord. And we believe it, God. We claim it in the name of Jesus. We stand on your promises that are yes and amen, oh God. And I pray, Lord that we would leave here more determined than we've ever been in our entire lifetime, God, to want to stay away from anything that could infect us. God, we are in the world, and we are to be a light, but we are not of the world. God, help us to make our minds up today. It's a brand new day. It's a brand new start. It's a brand new life, and I'm going to live my life because I don't want to miss the mark. And all of God's people said, Amen.